From Cambridge 105, this is Election Studio. Good evening to you. Five minutes past six o'clock and for the last time uh, before we uh, break to uh, go to the polls tomorrow, it's the election studio and the election panel uh, with me to uh, chew over what's been happening in the last few days, weeks, months. It kind of feels like that. Maybe I should have said years. Um, Alexander Bow from Cam Cycle. We've got the political blogger Richard Taylor and the journalist Mike Shalom. So let's get things underway, uh, shall we? Uh, welcome, uh, all, all three of you. Greetings. Uh, oh dear. Uh, to start off with, uh, we're going to uh, start with Roxanne because Cam Cycle, you've released your little survey. You always do around about this sort of time to uh, try and establish what the various candidates have to say about cycling. And uh, I think is it today they've been released, or just in the last last few days or so? Uh, they were released uh, late last week. Okay. Um, yes. Because your your hustings kind of fell victim, unfortunately, didn't it, to the. Uh, situation in, in Manchester. Yes, unfortunately that was the case, so we had to cancel our hustings, uh, but fortunately we had also asked the candidates to submit a um, short uh, piece to our monthly newsletter asking them what they thought about cycling or what their plans for cycling would be should they be elected, uh, and so we were able to publish that in time for voters to have a read and see what uh, cycling issues might influence their vote. And they can read them in details on your website as well. You don't necessarily have to be a, a member of Cam Cycle in order to, to have a look at those. No, the, they're all available on our website. Uh, so if you go to www.camcycle.org.uk, click on the, the beautiful image on the top uh, right of the, the front page that takes you through to our newsletter where you'll see the various statements. Now, I'm figuring we're all cyclists. I'm, I don't even need to ask you if you're a cyclist or not, but <laughs> uh, Richard and Mike, I think um, you both are doing yeah, very much. So, yeah. Cycled here this evening. Cycled here this evening. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Xander, you presumably cycled too. I did. Yes. I, I walked, but I only live in the next street, so it's probably a lot, uh, lot, lot simpler <laughs> to, uh, to to do that. Um, and of the responses you've got, do they give an honest answer to the cycling bit, or do they sort of go off at a tangent and uh, um, try and tell you about some of their other policies as well? Of course, there's a, a range of policies that are mentioned in these statements, but what's really positive is that they are all supportive of cycling. There's no doubt about it. When you read the statements from all four candidates that we've featured, um, they are all positive and about you think that, cycling. you think that's genuine? They're not just being nice to you because that's kind of a sensible thing to do in Cambridge? I, I definitely believe that's genuine. The fact is that uh, three of the candidates cycle and the fourth candidate is unable to cycle but his family cycles. So if you cycle and your friends and family cycle then I, I, I do believe that it's a genuine statement. However it comes down to the detail about what can actually be done by their party and, and I think that's where we really need to look closely. And, and what, what do we make? Have we, have we all had, uh, I've had a chance to go have a quick look uh, this, this afternoon. Um, so we've got John Haywards up in front, front of us, the Conservative candidate. Uh, who we heard from uh, on air a, a short a short time ago. Um, he points to the congestion around uh, Cambridge as one of the things which sort of stands out uh, straight away, of, of, of course. And that's kind of something which all of the candidates are really going to go for, isn't it? It's one of those buttons, a dog whistle, the Americans would call it. Yes, uh, of course, uh, everybody wants to reduce congestion. And for cycling, if we reduce congestion, that's a positive thing. But I think... It's really important to look at four things when we're trying to decide 
what these candidates really think about cycling. The first thing is strategy and a commitment. Do, do they understand cycling and do they actually have a strategy or a plan for how you can improve or increase cycling? The second one is targets. Do they actually have a target that they're aiming for? And is it a good target? You know, we'd like to see aiming for those Dutch levels of cycling. Uh, it will take some time. The third thing is have they promised some investment? How will they, how will they actually pay for those targets to be reached? And the fourth thing is do they have some standards of that infrastructure that they'll implement? So if we if we look to what John Hayward is saying, um, it's actually hard to see where that uh, strategy or those targets are. Um, but uh, I think he's in, it's interesting that he's taken a local approach talking about working with the mayor. So that means we then need to look to what the mayor is saying about cycling. And at the moment, we haven't had any clear statements about cycling. It's all about undergrounds and, um, and, and cars at the moment, isn't it? That, From, um, yes. Um, 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 I forgot his name, uh, James Palmer. <laughs> That's right, yes. So so we, we're not actually clear there about the specific things that can be done. While we've got some general promises, where are the specific items there that can be done? Um, we do know that the Conservative Party has finally released their cycling and walking investment strategy um, not long before the election was announced. So we can see the details in there and they have committed to a target of um, doubling cycling journeys. That takes it to a grand total of 4%, which we know for Cambridge is, is nothing compared compared to what can be achieved. Um, I do wonder if there's a danger that the any political party might say, oh, Cambridge, you've had so much money for infrastructure, we're going to give it to, I don't know, Aldershot or somewhere else. Yes, I mean, th there is that. Um, or you could say there's a place where it's working, let, let's keep doing that and, and set a really good example for how it can be done in other places. Um, because while Cambridge has got high rates of cycling, there's certainly a lot more that could be done um, to set that standard for other places to aspire to. Uh, there's a lot more that we need to invest for invest in in Cambridge. Um, but we do have the, the cycling and walking investment strategy from the Conservative Party. I believe they're continuing um, to to use that. And I think the thing the key thing there is that the the funding for in, for that infrastructure comes fr from local um, groups or, you know, we're looking at the LEP, the Local Enterprise Partnership, the County Council, having to apply for various funds for cycling infrastructure. So in a place like Cambridge, we, we know how to apply for it, we know what we're asking for, but actually when you look at other places, do they know what they're asking for? And without those national standards, it's um, that money can be spent in all kinds of ways. Now, Julian Huppert, he, um, when he was uh, an MP, so one might automatically say four or five years ago, but before 2015, of course, uh, he was the co-chair of the all-party parliamentary cycling group and they, they were talking at that point, I think, and it's mentioned in his piece here, £10 per person, the commitment to cycling, rising eventually to, to £20. It's difficult to work out if that's you know, enough, just right. Guys, your service wasn't enough. But uh... <laughs> I think uh, it, it's good to have a comparison. So if we compare that amount of investment to places like the Netherlands, where they're still trying to increase their rates of cycling, they're investing up to €80 Euros a head in some places. Um, their minimum amount of expenditure is probably equal to the maximum that promised by the, the Lib Dems there. So it's still a good amount. It's certainly a lot more than other parties might be promising. Um, but compared to the international standards we'd like to reach, maybe not quite there. But um, I think, you know, I've, Julian was the um, uh, the lead on the Get Britain Cycling Report, which I've got here. And uh, so we can actually see we've got something written down in paper, which is a bit more specific about cycling commitments. And the Lib Dems have, have committed to implementing those um, the, that report should they be elected. 
Now, I dare say that uh, Stuart Tuckwood, obviously the Green candidate, his, uh, how could you be a Green and not be keen on, uh, on, on, on cycling? And uh, they have a pledge which he mentions here, £2 billion pounds into, into cycling and walking routes as well, which he says uh, for Cambridge would be used to further create protected cycling routes uh, that uh, people feel safe Using, um, come on, kind of brings us back to the Hills Road again, really, doesn't it? As much as anything else, it's like uh, you see so many cyclists. I'm scared out of my life the first time I went down that hill. <laughs> yes, no, protected cycling is absolutely what we should be aspiring to. Um, and, and, and how do you describe that? Is that uh, not necessarily out in the countryside? Is no, it? it means that you've got something between you and the motor traffic. Uh, so that could be a concrete curb, it could be a nice grassy verge, it could be a hedge, um, it could be. Uh, any kind of space that protects you from the vehicles that are on the road. Uh, it needs to be more than paint. I'm trying to think, of, do we have an example of something like that in, in Cambridge at all at the moment? Yes, absolutely. So um, Hills Road is segregated. It's pr it's protected. We've got that curb that still lets the um, ambulance get up and out of the way if they need to, but essentially that would be protected. But we've got other examples that go back all the way to the 1930s when they, if you, you had Carlton Reed earlier on, so we know that we know how to do it ever since the 1930s, you can see on Wadlow's Road. Um, but also we've got some, some new infrastructure put in um, heading to the new Cambridge North train station. Um, I get confused of the names of those roads because they all change there. I think it's Water Lane to Fen yeah, Road. The, um, yeah, the floating bus station of course is, uh, is, yeah. is being introduced, uh, I think it's on... Chester Green End Road, yeah, yeah. yeah although Road. the rest of Green End Road's not, not protected, that's paint, so there were uh, width limitations there. I was going to say, if it's the problem particularly in Cambridge and in, and in the centre, it's like, where, where are you going to find the, uh, the, the space to put up a hedge, really, in the mid middle of one of the roads? Yeah, I, th I think, really, that comes down to network planning, so you can't just look at a road in isolation, you need to look at the entire network, and I think that's what the Greens are mentioning there with their network planning, is you have to look at the big picture and how the lanes all all meet together and then you can look at maybe redirecting car traffic down another road so you can fit cycling you can't look at a road in isolation but i think it's interesting for the greens and for stuart tuckwood um they, they have their own cambridge um manifesto for transportation um, which is more detailed and that's where we get mention of protected cycleways but that's not in the national manifesto that i was able to see so they're talking so about a network interesting thing then if, how can you I, I guess they kind of do, do what they want to do were, were they to be uh, elected but just breaking out something specific for uh, for, for cambridge which one assumes they could potentially do something just ever so slightly different in Brighton or, or somewhere else. And, and that's that, that fourth item that I mentioned, the four things that we're looking for, which is the, about the standards. So we're looking for parties that are committing to national design standards. So it doesn't matter what you do in different cities, you have to meet that um, that standard. So w we see different parties have different approaches. Some are very, very local local. Um, councils need to go and get that funding and they can do what they want with it versus other organisations which say, uh, other parties which say we've got a certain amount of, of funding for the country and we want the whatever's done to meet this particular standard. Um, so for a place like Cambridge, we're exceeding the standards with what we're doing with um, a lot of our new infrastructure, but other places are still doing things that we, we wouldn't dream of implementing in Cambridge. Still, uh, it's an ongoing um, process, isn't it? It's a long-term sort of development sort of situation where the cycle lanes need to be built in right at the very beginning. Of, it's just like uh, a lot of things, the, it's like getting broadband to the new build houses, really, isn't it? You kind of have to uh, to, to think about it um, when you're designing rather, rather than Absolutely, afterwards. and I think the, the situation at Cambridge Station 
illustrates that quite well. I mean, we still don't have a, a, a north-south um, cycle route coming in and out of the station to the city centre, and uh, hopefully that will happen. But uh, it needs those sort of things need to be built in right from the, from the very beginning. And uh, it's very positive that people are talking about cycling, uh, both in terms of development. I mean, the two billion pound figure is very nice, and Julian Hupper is saying that uh, you know if if uh, we have Danish or Dutch levels of cycling in in the city, then uh, seventeen billion pounds will be saved in terms of NHS bills, which is, is nice. But uh, you know, at this stage of the election, people are, I think, generally you know making contributions which are which excite the imagination. But uh, you know, the detail perhaps isn't always is going to be there. Because you can say that about any stage of this election campaign. Mitchell, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll ask for your view in a moment, but we should probably just quickly go through Daniel Zeichner's uh, contribution. Uh, for, first of all, of course, uh, Daniel, when uh, he was an MP, because technically he's not at the moment, uh, but he was the, uh, one of the shadow transport ministers. So um, I, I guess for some an organisation such as Cam Cycle, that that's quite quite handy. Yes, yes. So uh, Daniel's also uh, a member of the all-party parliamentary cycling group. So um, I've I've seen him in a few events that I've gone to about that. And uh, we've had a good chat about cycling and, and some really good chats about buses as well. Um, so we know that, that while Daniel, he cycles, he rides an, an e-bike, which he's, he's mentioned. Um, um, so he understands cycling there, but he's also very passionate about um, buses and public transportation. So, uh, again, that's where we see in our statements we're talking about cycling, but also those other issues that might influence it. Um, in terms of the the Labour Party more generally, uh, we find less uh, specific um, uh, targets or policies for cycling in in their manifesto, um, and they seem to have a much more of a local approach. And as Daniel does mention in in his statement, it's it's complicated um, what that funding is, but he believes that that complication might get us towards the. Ten pounds per head, but um, just from from experience with local organisations, local councils trying to access funding, if it's complicated, uh, it tends to be put on the back burner. So the danger of it's complicated, if it's too complicated, it just doesn't get done. Sim- sim- simple as that, really. Uh, Richard, what do you make of uh, all of this? Does it? Um, I don't know. Do, do you think it influences voters as to what a particular party says about? a topic, be it cycling or or something else? Well, I've certainly watched and um, listened to a lot of the hustings that we've had in in Cambridge, and actually cycling, surprisingly, hasn't been raised at at the events that we we have held, and it's a great shame, really, that we haven't had the um, specific, specialised cam cycle hustings, because when we do have it, um, either for local elections or for um, general elections, it's really interesting to find out um, the candidates' views on um, the kind of things that Roxanne's been been listing in previous times we've we've heard their views on 20 mile an hour um restrictions and um, enforcement on um the laws around cycling around um who takes responsibility after an accident that, that that's um, um something we've heard so i think we've it, it's a great shame that we we haven't had um had that, that this time around yeah, but it's also it, excellent yeah. that um, all the candidates are, um, are are pro-cycling we don't have um some of the people you you see sometimes in the cambridge news comments um, we've got no petrolhead candidate saying that we've got far too much money going into d- d- the cycling in, in the city and too much road space going to cyclists they're all um on the same page they're all um they're all pro-cycling though of course there are differences between them in terms of their experience and um and what they're offering mm, that's an uh, in- interesting thought um so what do you you're going to hold them to account do you, do you um, from previous uh, versions of these from our uh, prospective parliamentary candidates have uh, uh, have the promises uh, been been followed through um well i think it 
my experience in this role has been about uh, the, the last few years just trying to get that cycling and walking investment strategy published and it was it was it was a bit disappointing to get it very quietly right as the election was announced so um, we spent in, in this role I've been here doing this for two years and two years of that time has been waiting for the cycling and walking investment strategy so uh, it's been hard to hold the the previous government to account um, with that uh, but I do know that Daniel has been involved in the all-party parliamentary cycling group and and has, um, has spoken well for cycling um, the in terms of before that that was before my time in this role so I but I do know that CamCycle has a, a record for many years of, of what various candidates have said in all the elections and uh, we have a, a long memory Ooh, uh, <laughs> a potential feature for, uh, for, for times uh, times times future perhaps yeah and I think I, I understand that with this election there are so many issues that uh, that people are concerned about and when when they're voting and I do know that, that there are some people who are potentially overwhelmed by all those issues so I just say pick one issue and maybe it is cycling and and have a really good look and maybe you can vote based on that issue but don't forget that cycling has a, a, a great potential to you know save the NHS a lot of money with a, a healthier population it helps to get our city moving, helps to drive the economy because we can actually get people to work. So uh, there's a lot more to it than Absolutely. a few people I mean, riding I, their bikes yeah, around. From, from the cycling issue, you can um, spin it into or take it into the NHS and you can take it into climate change. Um, mm. And what uh, the different parties are, are saying about that is, is very interesting. So mm. I think most cyclists are contributing to you know like a positive climate. Uh, and uh, obviously in terms of health and well-being, um, that's a positive contribution as well. I mean, both both Daniel Zeichner and, and Julian Huppert as MPs, when they were MPs, um, were, I, I, in my view, really good, really wonderful shouter-outers for the city and for cyclists. So uh, I wish them both best of luck. Yeah, so whoever wins, ah, we could make a, you know, we, we can't make a, uh, assumptions, I guess. In, no, no, no. In, no, in, in no, theory, no, one of the other of three candidates might win, but um, the chances are it's going to be either Daniel or or, or Julian, other Julian, not me, uh, who gets elected on uh, yes, the early hours of Friday morning. As, as Roxanne says, there are so many other issues which are going to define uh, how the way people vote, and cycling is one of them, and obviously it's a big concern for people in the city, but uh, I think uh, you know, we shouldn't underestimate all the other, other factors either. No, absolutely not. Okay, well, we'll come on to talk about uh, a few of those. Roxanne, are you going to stay with us or are you going to wander off? I'll, I'll stay for a little while. I'll stay for a little while. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll chat uh, in more detail, uh, certainly with uh, Richard and with Mike in just a few moments after the travel. Cambridge 105 Travel. Clearing up just ever so slightly. Shall we start with the Hills Road? Because we have been mentioning that a couple of times. Heavy traffic still southbound. There's the Fenden Road, the Addenbrooks Hospital roundabout uh, by the ongoing roadworks there. A10, uh, Ely Road going north at Chittering. Usual slow traffic really between School Lane and the Will Burton Road. And Angel Drove going westbound. It's quite way out really, I suppose. Uh, between the A10 and uh, Witchford Road, slow traffic, their usual sort of stuff, really, uh, for this time of the um, of the evening. Uh, Cambridge 105 Travel, update you again at 20 to 7. Cambridge 105 Travel. Cambridge 105. 
Do you or someone that you care for have a disability or a long-term health condition and need some extra support? Maybe you're starting to feel as though you might need some help in the future but are not sure about your options. A direct payment is one way to fund the care that you or someone that you care for needs, giving you more independence, choice and control. Cambridgeshire Alliance for Independent Living is hosting a free event called Voices for Choices in the Owl Cafe in Sawston on Thursday the 6th of July between 2.30pm and 4.30pm. Already in receipt of direct payments and have a story to share? Want to talk to someone face-to-face about direct payments? Just want to find out a little bit more? Come to Voices for Choices on Thursday, the 6th of July at the Owl Cafe in Sawston. Alternatively, visit our website, cail.org.uk or give us a call on 0300 111 That's 0300 211 Voices for Choices. Learn more about direct payments and shape your own care and support. Want that authentic taste of great Chinese food right on your doorstep? At Zonghua Snacks, that's exactly what we're about. Serving the best noodles, dumplings, steamed buns and traditional Chinese cuisine right here in Cambridge. And don't just take our word for it, we've ranked in the top 10 budget restaurants and cafes in Cambridge by The Guardian. We're open from 12pm to 9 at night every day except Tuesday. Call Cambridge 354-573 or pop in and see our menu at 13 Norfolk Street, Zonghua Snacks, your authentic Chinese takeaway in the heart of the city. Rating from The Guardian Top 10 Budget Restaurants and Cafes in Cambridge, December 2012. Worried about your pet? Perhaps your cat's been off its food? Or your dog looks under the weather? Come and see us at Vets for Pets. We offer a comprehensive range of treatments, from vaccinations and neutering to general healthcare and advice. There's also more specialist services of intensive care medicine and surgical procedures available. Visit our Cambridge practices on the Beehive Centre or Barnwell Road. Call Cambridge 243535 or see our website vetsforpets.com That's vets, the number four, pets.com to book an appointment. Vets for Pets. We put pets first. HomeQuest Letting and Management, an independent agent based in the centre of St Ives with over 30 years experience in the lettings industry. Are you a landlord stressed about your rental property? Then come to us. We can manage your property on your behalf, taking the stress out of maintenance issues, tenancy renewals and the constant change in government legislations. We can provide comprehensive inventories, tenancy agreements, complete tenant referencing and rent and legal protection. With properties in St Ives and the surrounding Cambridgeshire area, we would be happy to offer you a place on our map. Find out more. Call us on Huntingdon 464 506. Grow your business with Cambridge 105. Our advertising packages start at just £99. Yes, that's right. For under £100, your ad could be heard right across Cambridge and the surrounding villages. So what are you waiting for? Email sales at cambridge105.co.uk or call Cambridge 967 959 today. And get your business on air. election panel the last one thankfully before uh, before polling day uh, tomorrow I mean, we'll have to keep quiet for um, not quite 24 hours but certainly whilst the uh, polling stations are, are open uh, Roxanne Bow from uh, Cam Cycle is still here along with political blogger Richard Taylor and the journalist Mike Shalom um, I'd, I'd like to look really at how 
we think the local candidates have performed, how visible they've been, how how eloquent perhaps they've been in the uh, in the hustings. So, Richard, I know you've been to a few of those. I think I spied you in the audience of the um, of the arts hustings, which which was kicked off the uh, thing a um, month or so ago now. I think I've listened to seven or so hustings now, and I've put um, videos up of um, lots of them on my YouTube channel, Bar Taylor UK. So if people haven't um, been to hustings yet, then I want to get to know the candidates, and they can go and watch. Just bring the hustings um, to you yeah, and watch one of those of, um, of your of your home, home, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Um, but how, how did, did the candidates say? Did their story change? That sounds like they're making it up, but. Um, I noticed in that arts hustings, for example, Mr. Mr. Hayward uh, was uh, throwing in uh, strong and stable with gay abandon, which didn't go down too well with the audience. Did did he perhaps pick up on that? I and, think he, um, he has moderate. Changed. He was laughed at at that first hustings for um, just repeating the standard um, strong and stable and um, conservative line. So and, and he did change that, and um, he was having. A, a bit of fun with it um, towards the end. So I think he, he, he has changed and he has improved. But we're, uh, in a lot of the things, we were hearing the, the, the same thing over and over again. And actually, you've got the same candidates saying the same things. And to some extent, you've got the same people, um, you've, got, you've got the same people going along. But it, it was quite interesting. We had the um, refugees hustings, the CAM refugees around Amnesty International. So obviously they were, um, were talking about their specific issues. And we've had a series of um, student hustings as well. So they've, um, actually the students are... Um, not just talking about student issues, but talking about all sorts of things, but they've been pushed on. Um, student hustings are interesting from the point of view that some students might be registered in Cambridge and others might be registered, goodness knows where else in the UK and, and beyond. But um, something that, that's, um, that's excellent in Cambridge is that our votes really matter here because we've got um, a close election. That's why we've got so many hustings and, uh, and, and so much activity. So um, for um, students who might um, have... MPs in safe seats at home, they, they might well be tempted to, um, to to register to vote and, and to vote here in Cambridge. And actually now we've got um, people encouraging that. People are saying, choose where to vote, vote where it matters. So, um, But one of the interesting polls that we've, we have had has been run by Varsity. They've... Um, um, this is the student newspaper. The student newspaper, and they've got um, about um, 1,400 or so students, and they know they're registered students on... Um, and, Cambridge email accounts, and um, and they think that um, in the students, Daniel's icon is coming out ahead. It's about um, I think it's over sixty percent. Now, now, why is there any uh, detail as to why that might be? Because I, I know that um, the Guardian, you'll be I'm sure you'll be familiar with, have uh, been running uh, a series of articles about Cambridge, and, and one of the early pieces said, "Oh, it was the tuition fees issues yeah, that did for, I, did for Julian Huppert uh, the Lib Dems last time around." Yeah, that was a, a mix-up. I think you should forgive that uh, and that. And, and move on. They've got a new leader, and uh, and they they they've done their sort of redemption time, as, as far as I can see. But the tuition fees, uh, you know, being scrapped by September in the Labour manifesto, I think, is really throwing the cat amongst the pigeons. And uh, you know, like that's generated a lot of discussion and response. And I would say that that has definitely contributed towards students being aware of the fact that the education process in this country has become a bit tortuous, and the financial setup uh, hasn't always been in their favour. So uh, the younger voters are definitely mobilising, which I think is going to be very interesting in terms of tomorrow's turnout. So, um, on, on tuition fees, um, Julian Huppert's always said that he's been campaigning on tuition fees throughout his entire adult life, but actually in the Liberal Democrat manifesto, now going into this election, they're not promising to um, get rid of tuition fees, even though Julian himself still says that if there's a costed um, proposal, he would um, would vote to get rid of Do tuition fees. Do you think that's because they were worried that they might end up in another coalition with somebody who has a, an, an opposing policy? Well, they've um, ruled out um, coalition going into... Um, 
Well, lots of people, politicians rule lots of things out, yeah, don't I, they? I don't, I don't think that, that if we end up in a hung parliament, I don't think that that, that um, ruling out would necessarily um, survive. But um, when it comes to, to students, like the Green Party are actually offering not only to remove um, student fees, but they're actually offering to write off student debt as well. So that's a hugely expensive uh, policy, but it's a, a massive shift in wealth in our society um, if they... Um, if, if, if they got their way and if they were able to to, to, to sort of put that policy in, into practice. It's, it's, to some extent you can take that with a pinch of salt, but it doesn't force the other candidates to raise the bar of what they're thinking and it, it confront makes the it possibility makes, that... You know, makes like, them think, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Mm. How, how have the, um, the, the three, obviously, um, uh, we've got Julian Huppert for the Lib Dems, Daniel Zeichner for Labour, um, and, and one would assume that one of those two uh, will um, be announced as the winner on three o'clock or whenever it is on 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 Friday morning, but the other candidates who probably know they're not going to win, and uh, Stuart Tuckwood of the Greens admitted to me, I don't think I'm going to win, but he's keen to make sure that his policies get across and that uh, move mm. it, raising the bar, as you, as you mentioned, Mike. The um, h- how are, are are they faring? I, do you I, think? I haven't. I've been following the print media and uh, and social media uh, more. I haven't seen very much of the Conservatives. Um, I think there's been a little bit of uh, disquiet amongst the uh, you know like they've had to confront the um, the National Farmers Union issue where uh, that the vote which was uh, originally very pro Brexit is now sort of slightly turned and there's a lot of anxiety in the farming community. Obviously, it doesn't immediately affect Cambridge Central, but it does affect uh, South Cams and South. These camps, uh, in terms of possible buyer's remorse, and the, yeah, the there, was, there was a there was a um, a, a couple of uh, farming questions when I did the hustings for um, for, for, for the, South Cambridge. There was a very interesting quote from the NFU president recently, uh, where he said that without market, without single access, without access to the single market, excuse me, um, f- fruit will rot in the fields. And I think that's uh, signified... It's a the problem of not having people to... Assuming you find somebody that plant it, you yeah, find somebody that collected up at the right. harvest it's, time. It's forcing people to think, uh, you know, and I, and I think the, the Tories have personally have, 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 have struggled to address that issue. Um, obviously, they've uh, told people that the, uh, there will be guaranteed um, grants until 2020, but people in the farming community, one in five farmers is now reducing investment, and uh, people, you know, farmers need to think long-term, obviously. It's a tricky one. I remember waking up, not on the Friday morning, this is on the on the Saturday morning and listening to Radio 4's wonderfully titled Farming Today This Week programme and they were talking to farmers. Uh, this was in the, the, the two days after um, the vote to leave the European Union. I think somebody from... I was getting Devon and Cornwall muddled up today. Uh, but somebody from the southwest of uh, of Britain was saying, oh, we're expecting the same subsidies that we got, got before. And the problem is, if uh, the head of the Arts Council who liked opera leaves and the new one likes museums, you're, you're in trouble. Well, they're going to get the same uh, EU grants for two years, obviously, whilst the Article 50 process uh, goes on, um, and they're possibly benefiting from the uh, weak pound at the moment. Mm. So the, the immediate short-term future is, is, is not too bad, but obviously that's, uh, that's uh, going to run out, and um, the uh, uncertainty about what happens afterwards is, is, uh, is disquieting. Mm. Let's look at some of the other candidates. Do we think that uh, Keith Garrett, who's with, uh, I think, re- Rebooting te- uh, Democracy, has started himself this time around has, has he had a, um, a a fair fair share of the newsprint or of the airwaves well he certainly has only been to one of the hustings events so he's only been to um the student um the joint student union hustings and he hasn't actually been invited by the um, cambridge news and the bbc hustings and 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 some of the others so um, he, there were a number of hustings that were cancelled which he would have gone to otherwise um but i think he he doesn't seem to have um 
have had the opportunity to put his um, his case forward. Like his op- his op- what he's putting as an option on the ballot paper tomorrow is something completely different. He's saying let's not have MPs running the country. Let's have essentially randomly picked people. Um, so when it comes to issues that we're talking about, issues like cycling, for example, then you will get people who is cycle, he, is he a modern day lord such or has has he got a, an, an agenda which with um, more organization could be um, take, taken seriously at least at least by some people he there is a global movement um, that he is a part of um, which is proposing this alternative way of doing um, democracy and actually it's his um, his way of picking people at random has um, hundreds, thousands of years of history. It, it, so he likens it to jury service, doesn't he, I think? <laughs> that's, that's essentially um, what it would be. And it, it is an alternative, and perhaps if it's, something, if it's not something that we replace the House of Commons with, perhaps it's a way that we could locally do consultations. So instead of just getting um, people who've um, self-selected people who've got the time um, to, to get involved, perhaps we could um, pick a random jury of people. Maybe before we had the European Union referendum, it would have been useful um, as a country to perhaps pick 100 random people, pay them to spend two weeks looking at the issues um, and issue a report. We, so we can use the kind of ideas that he's coming up with um, in local government and perhaps, and perhaps in national uh, uh, government. Just, 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 just to say, uh, there is a, a piece by Keith uh, uh, in the uh, Cambridge Independent which is out today, uh, so he is getting uh, his voice heard. And of course uh, we, we, we would have been heard on this, uh, this station absolutely. at uh, and, past you know, five the, yesterday. The, the, the rebooting democracy is one of those catchphrases, blue sky thinking. Um, people want to hear that. Uh, wild cards are, are, as we know from politics uh, generally these days, uh, this year, certainly in last year, um, uh, you know, like more interesting to people, and uh, people are looking to see what uh, what the options are. Uh, we kind of know what uh, where we're at, uh, but where we're, where we're headed uh, needs to be really um, assessed and reassessed. And I think uh, his, I mean, obviously, he's very focused on on, on climate change, uh, and I think that uh, is uh, alarming because that's one of the issues that has, is likely is getting lost. And mm. uh, what happens post Brexit in terms of uh, the, the guarantees. Of, 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 of how we're going to proceed with climate change are, are, are worryingly under doubt. And that leads us uh, to the Greens quite uh, neatly. Um, I find Stuart Tunkwood, uh, the Green Party candidate, is a very, very good uh, p- performer. Uh, and the combination, I think, of um, knowing what he's talking about and uh, the Scottish accent, which always, um, always seems to work uh, uh, with these things. But um, I seem to remember in 2015 the Greens were something like uh, Cambridge was the, their third most winnable seat. I don't, I don't think Cambridge is even in the list this time, despite the fact that uh, they've, they've got themselves in Oscar Gillespie, for example, a, um, a, a councillor now again, and um, um, the Green vote not too bad in um, in some of the other local elections. Yeah, the local elections have been very good, and uh, that, that's a very promising start in terms of the national picture. Obviously, uh, we don't have the um, a, a sort of system which favours, you know, I, I mean, proportional representation would obviously be a more uh, winnable prospect for, for many people and, uh, you know, that, that's not going to happen obviously this time around but um, it'd be nice to see more people, I'm sure more people will be voting for Greens but a lot of people are voting tactically this time around. And I remember, it's funny, but it's one of the things that, um, oh dear, I'm trying to remember if you mentioned this on, on, on air or off now, it's one of the things that Keith Gowett mentioned uh, uh, to me when he was in to record his interview. He was, you know, people who, who he associates with um, who might have given him a vote are actually looking at how close it is between the Lib Dems and uh, and, and Labour 
and um, maybe casting their votes with one or t'other of those. Yeah, even if they have to sort of like, you know, put a bit of a clothes peg over their nose, which they probably won't, but, uh, mm. you know, there, there, there will be definitely people who are concerned about the, the wider implications of, the, of, of, of what's going on in this country uh, who will uh, want to uh, go for one of the major parties on the basis that's going to be more likely to um, count. I'd like to close, if we can, with the, with, with the betting. And um, uh, poor, poor old uh, Keith hasn't got a, a, a listing on, on William Hill. Astoundingly, I, I think this is rubbish odds for UKIP at 200 to 1, particularly bearing in mind that they don't have a candidate standing. At, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but, but the others um, should mention uh, Greens 66 to 1, this is for Cambridge, uh, the Conservatives... Uh, 28 to 1, and then we come to Labour and the Lib Dems, both on 5 to 6. Interesting, very interesting. I mean, my view is a lot of the, the pollsters are taking their figures, their data from the 2015 general election turnout and the 2016 EU referendum. And things have uh, really changed. They've really hotted up in the last few weeks in this election. I mean, it started off as slam dunk for the Tories and now it's looking much more open. I think there's uh, sort of four points or something. But British. never a slam dunk for the Tories in Cambridge, which what's, what makes... Um our city interesting is one of the few Labour Lib Dem marginals in, in the country and that's that, that's what it is <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah the, the pollsters they haven't haven't really I, I don't know I think I'm, I'm not allowed to call it but you, you, uh, you 25 to, to 1 to, seems I don't know it's a little <laughs> you, bit you two or three can make a um, you know, yeah, uh, can, can I, make I, a pitch if you want to <laughs> I, I, I just I think the polls have been wrong so often in the past I think my my message would be just to get out there vote do what you think do it, say what you believe and don't worry about what pollsters are saying because it comes down to individuals and the way that they, they're, they're, they're going to express their views. Well, I think the odds and um, Lord Ashcroft's modelling are both saying that it's going to be very similar to, to last time and it's going to be incredibly close, so so every vote counts. I think it is just a great pity that we we don't have a system where we have like the French presidential elections where we just get to the final two, so people are going to be thinking um, who is it who's going to come first and second and are going to be tempted to put their votes there um, rather than um, just voting for the person who they think is going to be, um, be best for the job. So... Um, I quite like the the, uh, the the transferable vote system that we had for the for the, for the mayoral election. That's uh, that, that, that's not at least at least you you feel that it's going yes. going, going yes, somewhere. You feel your vote's going to count if, even, even if it's... even if Cambridge's one uh, resolutely didn't and on, on on either either score. I think it would be it'd be excellent to see people like Stuart Tuckwood with his experience in the NHS and um, his experience in trying to afford somewhere to live in Cambridge. Um, to see them represented in Parliament. Mm. But, but if we don't do it for the House of Commons, perhaps we could reform, say, reform the House the, of Lords. I was, was going to say, if you use the House of Lords properly, instead of um, having... I'm, I should be careful, I'm drifting at the political <laughs> comment there, so I better, better be careful. But uh, that is one mechanism <laughs> that, uh, that, that could be used. Uh, Roxanne is trying to avoid to say anything, but I, I, I do have to ask, do, do you get a vote? You've been here long enough to, qual- to, to qualify. I'm a, a uh, citizen of the Commonwealth, so I've always been allowed to vote. Is that how it works? I'm yes. nervous. Yes, was, absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, you'll be you'll be toddling down on your bicycle to um, uh, whichever polling station. <laughs> I don't, you get I to don't go even to. need to get on my bicycle. There's uh, the polling stations across the road from my house, and I'll be there first thing in the morning, putting my vote in. Oh, that's perfect. I'll do, I'll do a little circuit from here around to St, St Matthews and um, and back again home once I've. Uh, once I've finished. Well, look, thank, thank you very much to, to all of you for coming in. Who uh, are, you, are you doing the count, Richard? Yeah, I'll um, be on Twitter and, um, and on YouTube tomorrow night from the count and hopefully get um, 
the, the speeches from the candidates. You can keep our Matt Webb uh, company. I, I hope for both of your sakes it doesn't go to too many recounts. Um, and we'll have coverage, of course, on, on Cambridge 105 from 6am um, on um, on Friday morning, which is a great disappointment to me because it means I have to go to bed early and I miss the the, um, uh, the, ele- the election night elsewhere. There's a lot to play for, for uh, and people will be leafleting and knocking on doors right through tomorrow. I know some of the parties will... Oh, will goodness, be, if I'm not so, voting till late, they'll be at me all day, won't they? It's, um, expect all, an all day. <laughs> I think. Oh dear. Uh, thank, all night, huh? <laughs> th- th- thank you all very much. Uh, we'll move to the travel at uh, 6.43.